0: all right good day and good evening ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another live the fuel show so this evening once again i'm bringing you another new guest co-host uh and actually this gentleman is airing from a very popular state of guest co-hosts i'll have to do an audit on how many guest co-hosts have come from the wonderful state of california i have frequented it um i've actually fought wildfires in it many years ago for those of you guys who are big fans of the show and been following me for a while so that being said We might geek out about health, we might geek out about fitness, and we're definitely going to geek out about a little bit about the entrepreneurial spirit, especially around franchising, because I know I have a lot of fellow health and fitness nuts uh, that are fans of this show, and some of you have turned side hustles into professional successes. Maybe some of you have been holding this back for a while, trying to figure that out, especially over the past two, three years of the wonderful world of pandemics and the life of locking down and the life of not being able to do physical in-person business needs and being forced to go virtual and now trying to make the ebb and flow back to said physical in-person. And actually, the state of California is a wonderful state to be able to embrace that with because they probably had more challenging situations than most. And I'm trying not to laugh right now because for those of you who watch this on YouTube, my guest co-host is already giggling. So that being said, the gentleman today... Coming to the mic for you all. He's got over 10 years of experience in the fitness industry and he, he's owned multiple fitness body bootcamp locations. And if you've heard that brand before, but he's now grown and expanded beyond that. He's now the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, uh, world, one of the world's fastest growing fitness bootcamp franchises. I'm bringing that up because not everybody is a solopreneur. Some people have taken the solopreneur concept and made sure they aligned with a brand that is creating a worldwide footprint like some company like this. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to start geeking out with this guy right away. Bryce Henson, sir, welcome to the show.
1: Appreciate you, buddy. Love your energy. Excited for uh, this episode today.
0: Is it wrong to geek out and joke around already about California? How do you take that as a a Californian? (laughs) And, And again, East Coaster. Not trying to bust on you guys, but it just seems like
1: there's just so much going on in California. (laughs) I love that opening. Uh, There is a lot going on in California. Right. Um, I'm curious how unfiltered this show is. I filter nothing,
0: and you can say whatever you see fit, sir, because this is, you're the guest co host. So I want your energy to flow
1: naturally. Best place, worst government. Yes, I'm talking to you, Mr. Newsom. Um holy smokes, what a ride over the last two years. And I mean, to your point, um, you know, based, being based in Southern California where our franchise system is, where my you know gyms have historically been since 2012. Um, got a hard dose of reality, specifically you know with California and the restrictions. But mm-hmm. interestingly enough, as well, uh, overseeing our franchise brand as a CEO, um, I was also introduced to many other governors uh, that I had no visibility prior. But you know this thing called COVID came and certainly disrupted a lot of um, you know our businesses and you know patterns of life, if you will. I'm sure many of our audience on this call as well, depending on what the professions is, but certainly has not been fun. But we made it through. And uh, here we are in California still charging away.
0: Well, here's the best part. Like years ago, I'm an East Coaster man. I was born in Jersey, grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, and the book I put out last year. So you want to be a hotshot. I got to serve with the U S forest service as a hotshot wild firefighter. And for somebody in California, you get it. Like I was one of those elite dudes. Like it, it, it I got humbled very quickly, <laughs> uh, thinking, Oh, I'm going to go serve in public service. And then I go and get on a federal <laughs> crew out of Arizona and, you realize as a hot shot quote. You get shipped all over the West, including California, because Ooh. California is literally one of the most burning friendly states. <laughs> if that's a way to state it. Um, out of the West. Uh, and only because of your, your population density. Because people right. love, well, maybe up until two years ago, three years ago, most people loved living in California. Uh, unlike people like Joe Rogan and others who have gotten the heck out of there. Um, again, polarized subject for many. I don't talk about politics and religion on the show. I just think it's fun to watch because I love the beauty of California. I love your culture. The I, actually, I, I actually, I love because I'm a sales and marketing expert, right? So I love the state programs around how they have drawn healthy, fit, conscious people to your state, just like Colorado does, right? I think out of this whole country, I think actually, let's let's have you. Uh, chime in on this one. I think California, Colorado, state of Washington, Utah. Some of my top states, I think, that do a great job marketing themselves as a healthy, fit, balanced culture. What would you think? Are, are those in your top five?
1: Oh, 100%. Not only from a marketing perspective, but I would definitely say in actuality as well. Uh, California is certainly you know, healthy and fit. but One of even, the biggest. One of the biggest. But I even say to your point, Colorado, uh, Washington, Um, you know, probably even trump that uh, very candidly. The Mm -hmm. opposite, interestingly enough, is the Southeast and the Midwest. And I'm actually from the Midwest myself, great place, amazing salt of the earth people, just not the fitness capital of the world. So interestingly enough, seeing that, you know, polarization, that dichotomy of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, after, actually, thanks to got a, a late season fire at the end of my season in my rookie year 2010 i got shipped up to colorado and i've i had driven through there because i did a lot of coast-to-coast road trips back then as an east coaster you know, like seeing this country right and then i'm like whoa check out colorado and then uh, at the end of my very first coast-to-coast road trip in early 2010 to go show up at my fire base in arizona i made sure i went past it i made sure i went all the way through california i'm like i'm gonna drive through california so uh, again i respect your state uh I didn't pay attention to politics or any of that back then. I was just like, dude, I just want to drive through a beautiful state and and meet fellow healthy, fit people who just care about where they live and how they align with that. And then obviously businesses like you that get to then, oh, great, we're going to – I think California is one of the largest states of healthy, fit professionals, especially not even people just niched in what you do. It's just – that's just culture. Like I was telling you before the show – good friend of mine, former client, uh, uh, Vinnie is, was, was his trademark was the, uh, celebrity fitness trainer, like all the movie production companies, everything else. Like he was the guy like, Oh, you want somebody to get ready for a movie? You called Vinny. Um, he built his whole career out in LA, which is where you're at. And Mm -hmm. it's just cool to see that going on. I mean, yes, take out the last two years of political BS, which God, God help you guys. God help us Oh, for sure. my gosh. But that being said, it's like, okay, you got these people like you. Let's just jump right into the business side of it. You put in the hustle, and I want we're, we want to get some of the background on it, but you put in the hustle, dude, young professionals, building a future, realizing, man, this is my niche, right? Like, I, I am going to build my future. I'm going to build my professional following everything. Boot camping, I'm in, let's go. And then, oh, let's build a franchise out of it. And help other people do the same thing. Super cool. What better state to build it in than California? Uh, so, and actually I've always wanted that. I didn't dig into the full bio on that, but I was like, yeah, that's where technically Fit Body Bootcamp was founded, right? It wasn't a California based company. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so g- give me the quick skinny on that. Like, did you get in from the beginning? Did you come in later and then obviously build up your success to the, where you're worth the CEO level? What, what, how did that all go down?
1: Yeah, it's a great question to unpack. Um, I'll have to tell the origin story how I got into fitness, but really to answer a direct question first, um, no, I'm not the founder. I am the CEO, um, but uh, I started, interestingly enough, um, as a franchise partner. So back in right around the same time you're talking about 2010, 2011 timeframe, I learned about Fit Body Bootcamp uh, for the first time and uh, jumped on an email list of the founder who's a dear friend of mine business partner and mentor to this day, Pedro's Coollian, who founded fit body bootcamp and started learning a little bit about, you know, fitness and growing a business and entrepreneur, that entrepreneurial spirit where you and I were just chatting about. And, um, in 2012, uh, he started talking a little bit about this thing called Fit Body Bootcamp, which was a licensee programming at the time. But in 2012, due to the growth being, you know, based in Southern California, having over a hundred locations within the first year of a licensee program, hmm. the Federal Trade Commission knocked on our door and said, Hey, actually you're selling territories and the way you're structuring, this is more of a franchise than, than it is a licensee program. So that's when the transition happened. And, um, this is early 2012. So I started following along a little bit more, paying a little bit more attention and, um, i like what i saw and previously i went through an incredible transformation of my own um like i said i'm from the midwest great place amazing people just not the fitness capital additionally you know my family comes from very humble beginnings from first world standards so we used to run out of money before we used to run a month so fast food and taco bell is much more affordable than you know lean proteins and veggies what's
0: that The, the what's what they call it the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle yeah uh, well, you grew up in michigan right i did yeah yeah, yeah so beans, yeah right. the, the the, the page, yeah, month, monthly thing, not to interrupt you, but it's like, I was like, I'm, I'm vibing with you because I'm, I'm dealing yeah. with some of that um, family stuff right now. I'm trying to change the family tree because I'm not doing it the way they did it. I'm sure you've probably been in the same position. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm not
1: going to repeat that. We're going to break break that path. <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah, break that yeah. path. Yeah. So that's what happened. And, um, you know, I just got super inspired. I moved out to Southern California in LA, uh, when I was 21 years young and, uh, I was excited to be in LA, the palm trees, the healthy living, the lifestyle, all that California has to offer. But when you're 21 years old and you're 3000 miles from home, you're not a fit guy. You have very little professional skills to offer the world. Honestly, uh the plastic capital of the world is really a better um I guess name I like for that. LA. Yes, very and, true for LA. Very true. It, can, it certainly can be. Um It's like Scottsdale, Arizona.
0: It's like it's just, like Scottsdale. It, yeah, it's very I think Scottsdale's like almost trying to copy a little bit of that LA plastics of that. So. That vibe for yeah. sure.
1: So that was my initial entry to L.A., um, but it certainly you know, had good days, but more dark days than good, at least for the first couple of years. But then one of my best buddies from college, uh, who is my fitness first fitness mentor, moved to Southern California. We actually mo- he moved to Orange County, California, which is about uh, 40 miles south. And that's actually where I ended up living together with uh, Adam and, and, uh, and entered Orange County. And after a couple months of living together, um, I finally mustered up enough courage to ask Adam, hey, bud, can you show me a little bit about this fitness thing? Because a little bit about Adam, he was not on the cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. He had the six-pack abs, the glistening muscles, the energy, the the vibrance and confidence. And he turned to me, he's like, Bryce, dude, I thought you'd never ask, but if we're going to go on this mission, I need your commitment for a solid 90 days, 12 weeks. You're going to do whatever I want you to do. Lift what I want you to eat or lift what I want you to lift, eat what I want you to eat. And really he made me uh, do that commitment because he's like, you saw how many buddies in college actually asked me to, you know, train them and mentor them. How many actually stuck with it? Virtually zero. So mm. he's like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. And I'm so glad he did because uh, we know this. And, you know, certainly from our conversation, uh, Scott, and your audience listening. Lifestyle
0: was- transformation, man, 90 days is like a bare minimum. I mean, minimum, right? that's, that's minimum. a very fair request that he asked of you because technically, as you know, a legit body transformation really kicks in after the 90 days. You're really looking for like a
1: 120 so totally and actually my story the way i usually articulate it i I trained with him for two years but it's really a six month hyper focus Mm. when really my transformation took hold but to that point while 90 days baseline commitment um and minimum commitment i didn't get the result that i was looking for within that 90 days but in the famous words of tony robbins progress equals motivation so within 90 days i could already see some progress going which then gave me more motivation to really dive in let's pause on that was
0: that just a physical thing at that time in your life, were you just looking for the physical results? And you, again, because we're young, because I've been there, right? And you, and you did reference Tony Robbins, great guy. So it's like, were you, you were looking for the physical and didn't realize the mental stuff had actually started kicking in. There you go. Okay. Friend. All right. I'm just picking go. up on and that. I'm vibing with you. So
1: totally. Yeah. And that going. was it. And that, yeah. that's just an incredible message because I was focused at one goal, which is the aesthetic goal: drop 20 pounds of body fat, put on 20 pounds of lean muscle. I actually, started the same weight, but my body composition changed. Boom. But Scott, as we know, man, fitness does way more than that. Mm -hmm. And literally it, it unlocked the doors of my life. It changed my life. I, you know, had more energy, enthusiasm, confidence, confidence, vibrancy. I went from the lowest performing sales rep in the company all the way to the highest performing sales rep in the company within 12 months. What was the difference? It was it was fitness. It was the transformation, uh, both physically, but also in between my ears. And that's really what set the tone uh, for me to be open to the idea of, hey, wouldn't it be cool to be an entrepreneur to solve other people's problems for a profit and actually be able to do that from a health and fitness perspective? Give the gift the same gift that was given to me. And that was really where my the spark happened to get in the fitness industry and that's where we picked off uh in terms of getting on the founder of fit body boot camps email list in 2010 then 2012 followed along and then i uh, really my entrance to the brand uh was a, a owner of that uh of our first my first fit body Bootcamp location in yorba linda california which is the city just north of disneyland and that was the start Ended up scaling to a handful of locations over over a handful of years and then really to put a bow on it how i uh, i guess assumed the role of ceo is in 2018 uh, the founder of Bedros. at that point, not only is I'm an email list, but I've developed a really strong friendship and relationship sure. for six years, opening handful of his locations um and just being, you know, a solid guy in the brand, he offered me his vice president role, ended up taking that and then it trans uh, I guess transferred and um to the CEO role, which is which is wild. So to put a bowl in the whole story, to think this guy from the Midwest, which Taco Bell is a staple of his diet, couldn't lift a, a weight to literally save his life is now the CEO of a, a international fitness franchise is freaking crazy. But it also really, my message is it shows you and all of your audience today that we are all more capable than we think.
0: Great. I mean, that's a, that's a legit solid sum up. You could definitely tell you've had to do this before. So, <laughs> cause there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, that's, that's a, what would you say? Total, total years of journey up to that little sum about bow tie thing. Um, uh, the bow on it was
1: that when did you get ceo it's 2021 so um when i first got fit my first transformation was 2007 so at the time this recording okay we're looking at 15 years ago Dude. then it took me five years to actually start getting into the fitness industry after my two years of you know just being tutelaged and, and whatnot and then it took me 10 years actually nine years forgive me by the time i opened my first location until the time that i was awarded a ceo position so a decade
0: so would you say,
1: because this this term,
0: this little statement started popping into my podcast a few years back, accidentally, it's just because of maybe the gym life, but I was just like, would you say that there is something to be said about, quote, putting in the reps? Not just physically, but obviously as you already hinted at earlier, that mental game. Like, a lot of us want to put the cart ahead of the horse. A lot of us want to speed that timeline. We, we, we justify it as the hustle. But you cannot count out the power of patience with with motivation, obviously, and, and being drive and spirited. But it's like that. There's there's that cycle of you got to put in the reps. Like, did you ever expect to be a CEO?
1: Not at all, man. I uh, was
0: like, come on, right?
1: Which which is wild. Can you imagine I you,
0: you mentor years ago, like, dude, Bryce? So, dude, you keep putting the reps, man, and you're gonna be a CEO of of all of this one day. And you're like,
1: uh, no. Dude, Scott, I will tell you the the honest to God's truth. In August of 2012, after I invested my life savings, after I did all this research to open my first studio of Fit Body Bootcamp, I ended up meeting Bedros and signing my franchise agreement at literally the building that we're in today. I drive off the lot and I think to myself, I'm one hand so excited, on the other hand, so freaking terrified. Like, what did I just do? Right. And I thought to myself, also a very humbling moment set in which I was grateful to have the support of a franchise, but I turned to myself and I remember vividly thinking this, I can't even run a business. I don't even have the the knowledge set to run my own fitness business. And yet this guy is a CEO of an international fitness franchise. This dude is on a completely different level. So to answer your point, not a chance in <laughs> hell that I ever think yeah, something are not not like, what?
0: not a chance in hell. You're like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be lucky if I can get this franchise off the ground because I just sunk my entire life savings into it, which is very scary. I mean, you can't whew, you can't beat – I get chills and I have to think about these things. So you can't just beat that f- force hustle maybe because, like, dude, I'm all in. Like literally financially – emotionally physically like okay i've already moved to california sank everything i had into that now i'm building you're going to launch your first franchise location you're like okay well that's all in financially uh i better figure this out <laughs> right so now
1: i better figure this out like in a hurry
0: i i didn't I mean, I, here's one thing i love we got to pause on this i think because i mean i paid for my own way back back to school to uh study uh marketing and psychology as an adult student in my late 20s. And I, I actually mentioned it in my, my uh, So You Want to Be a Hotshot book that I was like, guys, like you don't need to go back to school uh, at all. Um, if anything, especially on business, I kind of laugh at it. People are like, oh, well, uh, you know, it would have been different if you went for your master's or something through like the Harvard Business School and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's all pedigree BS. I, I make more money now than I ever did. And I'm not using anything that I learned when I made my w- way back into college as an adult student and did all that. I will give a testament to this. Does it prove that you could follow a committed curriculum and prove to yourself that you can get something done? Sure. Technically, you did that starting your own franchise, right? You, you, you did not buy into just a business model and a brand, but I'm sure that your mentors had a curriculum for you to follow, right? Had a oh, yeah. path. If it's a oh, worldwide yeah. brand of franchises, clearly something's working. And there was something for you to follow, right?
1: Absolutely. The game plan, the framework was there.
0: Okay. So were you coached multiple times to not break the program? (laughs) Uh, Yes, sir. Did you at all? I got to know. So we all get that little like, oh, man, you know, I could tweak this. I could change this. And then sometimes you might really see that in the pocketbook, so to speak. So I'm intrigued with that little point. How'd that go?
1: Uh, that's human nature to its core. Um, I would say back in the day of um, 2012, when our brand came to existence, I guess, from an f- official franchise, it was the wild, wild west. So there was structure there, but not nearly the, the amount of support and paint my numbers playbook and SOPs and whatnot that we have today. So I would say it was a different time frame. To your point, I followed the playbook. Although did I make some edits and tweaks? Absolutely. Also had to innovate a lot um but inter- interesting it's just in the franchising space which is so different because when Bedros reached out to me in 2018 i'd been in a fitness space mm-hmm. for you know 6 or 7 years transitioning to the other side of the coin, being the franchise or space is a completely different ballgame. And that's a whole nother beast, if you will. Yeah. Um. So, you know, being able to learn this particular business and being able to uh, acquire an incredible team of franchise business coaches. In fact, one of the biggest innovations that we did to start to actually add to those SOPs and that structure uh, was the creation of what we call our coaching and profitability uh, department. And I turned to Bedros initially. Um, one of my observations, we had franchise business coach at the time. We had our SOPs in the playbook. But um, I thought to myself, who better to coach – the, our Fitbody Bootcamp owners, the most successful Fit Body Bootcamp owners that we have. And sure. that was actually the start of our coaching and profitability team. Now my brother, Barrett, who lives out in Michigan, owns his own uh, Fit Body location, one of the top 10 most successful in our location And in our brand is the director of coaching and profitability. He has a team of six other franchise business coaches. And through that support infrastructure, to your point, I've we've gotten my PhD in business just over the last five years of just building that infrastructure. So I haven't gone on to higher level education outside the normal, you know, uh, bachelor's bachelor of arts that I received, you know, from undergrad. Uh, but to your point, and what I've heard from many, you know, colleagues throughout the time is dude, a crash course in business, five years in the trenches is going to give you way more yeah. tactical knowledge than any, you know, uh, ongoing education. We're, we're
0: in alignment. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't trash my education. I do appreciate Actually, I will say, Being in an adult student program as an undergrad, I felt was better than when I originally tried going to school because I originally went to Penn State as an engineer and then tried figuring it all out. And then years later, I stopped. I got into the corporate world, worked my way up in the ranks, was doing great for, I was making more money than my friends who had degrees and I had no degree and I was managing 30, 40 person teams and call centers, you know, doing what no degree in my mid twenties doing 60 to 80 grand a year, depending on the year it was. And my my friends were like, I don't understand what you do. I'm like, I work hard. That's what I do. Like, yeah, but you don't have a degree. It's like, yeah, but I'm clearly doing something right because I have aptitude. I'm willing to learn, yada, yada, yada. Now, I've actually left it because I didn't like it. And, uh, but my point is, is that the average business professor has never owned a business and they expect you to learn business from them which is
1: wild to think right about, which is wild isn't that frustrating to think
0: about crazy like, and we wonder why i don't even know the exact stats but maybe you teach this to your your actually you might be able to chime in that's why you have a guest co-host um what is the current stats on first year entrepreneurial business failures do you have any I mean, numbers just, on
1: that i don't it's you've, we've seen them generically and yeah. i've definitely looked at they're not pretty uh, they're no, not that's the value of, I guess, you know, having mentorships or support and go what's a, guidance. What's the
0: dirty jobs guy? Um, Michael Rowe. Michael Rowe. Rowe. Yeah, I listen to his podcast because I just love his his great dude. Yeah, he's, you know, he's bringing it back, man. I love it because he says that he's like, guys, it's like, I think, I think last it was a couple shows ago, I think it was, I think he said it was well over seventy percent is still the common number for most first year businesses of failure, because it the first year, as you know, as a franchise CEO, you're like. We need you to follow the program. You, yeah. you, 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 you got to be in it to win it. That first year, if you can get th- break through the first year, then the three to five is still going to be a challenge, I would say, even with your support system, right? There's still hustle involved there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But first year, pretty stressful. Sure. Now, granted, if you're plugged into a program, and again, like you said, back in 2012, Wild West, 2012 fast forward a decade, 2022 –
1: dialed in buddy yeah buddy. you
0: guys got you you already said an acronym that i know from firefighting from the federal world sop standard operating procedures right oh yeah you start documenting shit you start getting it dialed in you start getting protocols you take all the best practices from the successful business owners that are in your network and say guys you're doing it right you're doing it right Ooh, i'm not saying you're not doing it right but hey have you seen what johnny and and sarah is doing over here right let's share best practices and then like you said your brother is a dire- director of what
1: Coaching profitability.
0: Okay. So he's his job is to help pass all that on, to make sure that you're profitable. Like it's totally. a system. There's a team. Maybe not. I mean, I'm, you, Did you have some of those roles in 2012? They probably weren't as defined.
1: I think generally speaking, they were there. But to your point, they were not yeah. defined uh, nearly what they are today. The structure wasn't there. Um, to where it is today, but that is so true with, you know, time evolution, you know, digging in, creating SOPs, creating structure now, you know, no longer the wild, wild west. We're launching, you know, uh, new locations with 150 members from day one break even, uh, that day, never one? Wow. day one, wow. Yeah.
0: Dude, that's, that's so, paying the bills. I'll tell you yeah. right now. I mean, I'm sure every state's different. Every market's different. Actually, maybe you can answer this, but like, what is the average, uh, new, customer walking into a, a Fit Body Bootcamp franchise, is there an average rate uh, of, of onboarding? Like, what, what's their monthly or something like that? Or is that dictated are depending we on different states? Like, like if I'm a customer walking respect? into, let's say, your oh. brother's uh, facility, uh, yep. what's the? is there a common rate that's across all locations, across all states, or... There is. Yeah. Our,
1: our target rate, there is some flexibility depending on market because to your point, you know, someone can charge in New York or LA versus someone in New York's a whole different world.
0: Yeah. just like LA.
1: (laughs) Another beast, right? But um, yeah, from that perspective, $40 a week is our average rate and really, that's not bad. No. I mean, if you think about it, it's personal training in a group setting. Is that unlimited classes? It is.
0: Yep. Dude. All right. Former CFO one CrossFit trader. Thanks to firefighting. I got, I, I fell in love with the, the culture, the lifestyle, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Did, I, just, I just, I just stopped paying that fee. Cause that's another whole world uh, a couple years ago. Uh, do I still follow it? Sure. Do I still train? I built my own gym during COVID. I mean, <laughs> I'm that guy. Nice. My wife goes to my friend's facility uh, five minutes away. I drop him whenever I want because he's the CEO, he's the owner and he and I work out together whenever we feel, you know, it's just, it's a bro thing, but dude, yeah. he's the most, ex- I mean, well, pardon this quotation. Some people may say he's the most expensive CrossFit or functional fitness style facility in the greater Lehigh Valley of Allentown and uh, Pennsylvania. We're an hour North of Philadelphia and an hour plus West of New York City. So okay. there's a, there's a lot of money who moved in here thanks to the pandemic. I'll just say that people getting the hell out of the city, yep. <clears throat> but he knows what he's worth. He's got a big, huge facility. He's got a very little following. He's like, dude, I'm just gonna price, my, price myself at the top of the market. So I know that people are paying way more than that to be a member of his facility. Now, Grant, that gives them unlimited group classes, but, and he's got a special personalized program. Now, your business model is, hey, you guys literally get personal programming. Like, that's, it's, so I, I, that pricing is so fair. But the fact you're onboarding people new locations ready to go with 150 coming in, that's solid. That's pretty crazy. That was not 2012 Ooh. for you guys.
1: That was not. <laughs> 2012 my my 2012 i had 15 people on trial that we went to a a red cross blood drive raffled off a free month and anyone who didn't win got a free week so i had 15 people on a free week and one person on a free month that was my start in 2012 but you know what hey times have changed infrastructure's built and it's a different ball game these days
0: that's uh Pardon the term, clenching your butt cheeks a little bit. There, you're like, okay, am I gonna,
1: am I gonna pay my lease? You
0: know, because you're probably you're leasing space,
1: right? I mean, you're. So thankfully, this is still a couple of years after the recession okay. um, of 2008. So landlords there were definitely a lot more flexible. To your point, I negotiated three months of free rent. Otherwise, Ooh, I would have had a, pro- nice. I would have had a problem. I would have had a big problem come month two and three. Um, but basically, was able to skip, skate by, and then. So That's you
0: negotiated back to that ninety day number, you negotiated a ninety day transition period just to help you yeah. really ramp things up, dial in your oh, yeah. sales, your advertising, your marketing, the relationship building with the clientele. Because again, what was the average turnover rate back then? You know?
1: Well, I was a one-man show for the first six months. So Ooh. yeah.
0: You gotta be tired. That's a lot of classes oh. and training and, and attention.
1: Oh yeah. It was uh it was a sprint. I would be lying to you and your audience if I said I didn't uh second-guess myself a few times the first six months. But you know what? You, you stuck through. That's what you know, you put uh, entrepreneurs do. You put in the reps. One foot further. Further, you focus on the process. When you focus on the process, the outcome already t- uh, always takes care of itself.
0: Oh, let's fast forward. That that little, st- your own personal story there. Does that still exist today for newbies coming in?
1: Because it sounds way?
0: like you have way more support now in place. You have way more coaching. You have way more training for new, on- I mean, are people going to, I guess, I, 'Cause I, I always remind people like, dude, entrepreneurship is not supposed to be easy. No. <laughs> let's 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 pause on that, ladies and gentlemen, real quick. Bryce, help me on this. You want to become a business owner because everybody's watching Instagram and this influencer and that influencer, and you're growing in brands and yada yada yada. If you truly want to work for yourself, you're gonna be working longer and more hours. Am I wrong?
1: You are not wrong, my friend. Business is war and there's Boom. no there's no sugarcoating it. Like if you are expecting to be an entrepreneur and run a business, a solopreneurship, create an empire and you're not expecting to basically engage in warfare, you are going to be sadly disappointed when you start engaging in the business climate. Even with That's, somebody
0: who wants to plug into FBBC?
1: It's gonna be a lot lighter, but it's still gonna be war. <laughs> it's, you're gonna have a little bit softer path for sure. Um, But it's still going to be war. You're still going to have to deal with stuff. Or you come in with the
0: same tenacity, the same intensity. Because with that support system, technically then you're even more successful. Right? Because if you're coming in as if you didn't have the system, your mindset's there. You're ready to put in the long hours, the intensity, build your team, build the business, build the brand, build your clientele. And you have a system. Oh, my God. The world Rocket could fuel. be your oyster, so to speak. It's an old term. Rocket fuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I There you go. Rocket fuel. I love it. You're staying on brand with me. I love it. Fuel. <laughs> because that's the point of you guys developing the coaching and the SOPs all these years later. It's like, wait a minute. How do we help people succeed? Like, that's what companies do. That's why big brands are as big as they are. They eventually figure out, wait a minute. We've done this enough times. If we just keep doing this and this, which has always worked, we should be able to keep doing that. You know, repeat the good things. You know, cut out the bad things. You know, still, still be ready to innovate and change. Because one thing we didn't hit on was we keep bouncing around the subject of the pandemic. But like, okay, who could have planned for that? Oh, you got to close your doors and nobody's allowed to come inside. And even after all that, oh, we want you to wear masks while you're working out. I'm not going to get into all, all that bullshit. Uh, but
1: <laughs> Which is exactly what it was. Exactly.
0: So... Yes. so how did you guys help your fellow entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, whatever it may be, your franchisees
1: survive all of that? You adapt and overcome, my friend. Okay. Um, Obviously, uh, the virtual world, virtual world helped. Virtual world helped. And the, the value and the leverage our franchise uh, system. So within 24 hours, actually, we had changed our in- complete model to virtual, which Boom. was probably a couple weeks before uh, the vast majority of people could catch up. And we invested in online coaching uh, we did two things. Uh, number one, we taught our franchise partners how to run their own virtual sessions, like the same session times, so that way we just transition and then pivot it off, just like we're doing a Zoom here, but just training through uh, functional movement. Smart, so both. That was the first thing that we did. Um, we actually built that within 24 hours and basically started teaching our owners. That's actually pretty
0: impressive. 24 hours. Dude, it was that's, that's very impressive.
1: Yeah, it was. It was literally speed. Uh, which is great. The second thing we did um, was we leveraged leverage our franchise system. So not only did we teach our owners to execute online live trainings as they would just not in their facility, but via Zoom, but one of our franchise partners on our coaching and profitability team that my brother oversees, um, his name is CJ. We started a lot, not live streaming, but basically pre-recording batch workouts from his location. He has tons of energy, tons of enthusiasm. He had his coaches there. So not only uh, from a live perspective, but we are able to send out a brand-wide Uh, pre-recorded workout of the day with CJ and his team so that way all of our global clients all our franchise partners could take advantage of that leverage of being part of our system so those two elements right off the bat basically gave us a lot of leverage and really allowed us to dodge a big bullet and it wasn't pretty in certain states like the New York's and the California's and you know even the Jersey's uh, and New York's were, were uh, Im- impacted severely more than oh. the Texas and the Florida's for all this, the right reasons. Um, but that's how we did it. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't easy. It wasn't clean, but we got it done. And that's all that matters.
0: Well, and that's the point. Actually, that final little note you just said, it's about getting it done. Because everybody was worried about the end of the world, and clearly it wasn't. Uh, and I truly believe the strong will survive. But part of the strong will survive, whether we're talking about genetics, biology, or just simply mental fortitude as a business owner is, dude, you have to hustle. Like, people were coming to me. Uh, my One of my biggest income streams is from the HVAC industry, right? Everybody wants hot air in the winter and cold air in the summer. And everybody underestimated the value of that when the lockdowns happen. Because then all of a sudden, in Jersey, for example, they're like, they wanted these you know these professional contractors that you expect, right? They want these professionals to come to their house, and then you have to put on boots and 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 you gotta do a test at the front door and yada that's yada that's, yada. And then like, yeah. and now you expect a professional to get all down and dirty on your HVAC system because you still want indoor air comfort. I'm like, okay. Like, our, the mess alignment in that industry was a hot mess, and we're still coming out of that. They're, they're probably still only back up to about 75% of, of full capacity as far as mm-hmm. success. They're all overworked. It, it's a hot mess. Uh, my wife a, is an equine horse veterinarian doctor. Um, that world's a hot mess. Uh, there's people coming out of school expecting six figures to start, and she's like, I don't even pay myself that. And I'm the business owner. What do you want, crack? Uh, <laughs> but it's like, this is the stuff we still have. We're still coming out of all of that, even though it's we're coming to 2023 as we're recording this in the next month. And I come back to people like yourself, people like your franchisees, your business owners, everything else. Like, you know what? The people who buckled down and said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to figure this out, and we're going to work through it. They work through it. I had one of my one of my most, actually, literally, this year and last year, probably my most financially successful years ever. Everybody was like, oh, hey, man, awesome. uh, how do you, you do it with Zoom? And I'm like, I was on Zoom years ago. I was one of the early podcasters telling people to get the hell off of Skype and get on the Zoom. I'm also one of the early podcasters that was telling you to start publishing stuff in video, not just audio. It's all this stuff I see in the podcast world. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for years. Okay next get get in early put in the reps figure stuff out and keep moving forward you have to innovate you guys had to do right dude Mm -hmm. i'm I'm actually seriously i I have to pause on that dude turning around virtual training ready to go in 24 hours solid work there was companies i believe me i was pulling out i was ready to pull my hair i'm like guys video conferencing is not new why are you just figuring it out now Mm -hmm. (laughs) my whole world was here uh, I mean, my old house, I just bought a new house, this this new house last year, but I was like moving my studio and everything else, but I was like, guys, like, like uh, during the lockdown, now I've I've met with all these CEIOs now a year later, and they're like, oh yeah, you were the microphone guy, everybody remembers this thing right here, that's how they remember me, if they forgot my name, like, yeah, you were the boom mic radio show guy, like <laughs> training, training all of our employees, training our companies, everything else, all the consulting that I do, I'm like, yeah, should I should I just rebrand, just call myself the microphone guy, like, <laughs> because this was crazy right people you guys setting up tripods and and webcams yeah but doing that in 24 hours did you have any pushback from your franchisees like was everybody just ready to rip the lid off
1: no man they were and rightfully so like we were all like what the hell is going on and i think a big value that the coaching profitability team and we have 10 of our owners that are supporting our HQ. So we've really transitioned to a brand being owner-led. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, talking about other franchise systems, Tom Monahan, who is the founder of Domino's pizza, yeah. pizza, he quoted something famously, which I completely buy in. He's like, my job was to create the franchise or to create the franchise structure and to create the, the guidance uh, around the brand. My franchise partner's job over time is to innovate and make it better and i feel like that's a huge uh reason that over the last three years as an example we've added incredible amount of infrastructure because our franchise partners were actually leveraging their ideas their skill sets their innovations nice and then running that through hq to your point earlier in the conversation about creating best practices. And then as soon as we have enough best practices that are tested, that are good to go, then we launch that for the rest of the brand. And that alone, and granted, that was a very short timeline the COVID, but having that institutional knowledge of other franchise partners also mm-hmm. being supportive of HQ, that was a huge uh, reason we were able to turn around that so quickly.
0: I think that's huge. I mean, the whole advantage, see, it's funny, up until now, we were talking about how It's important and easier to start a business if you could plug into a proven system, proven protocols, yada, yada, yada. Why do you think, you know, Starbucks is successful or uh, what's I mean, you already said Domino's, right? So these, all these franchises, heck on the East Coast here, uh, what is it called? Rita's Italian Ice or whatever. I'm not a dessert guy, but that that, that whole thing is now goes all the way down to Florida. And that was started up here in the Northeast. Like all these companies. You plug it into a system. You got proven brand, proven recognition, yada yada. You, to, you, you pay a fee. You know Dunkin' Donuts here on the East Coast, all that stuff. Um, but some of these franchises are like a small fortune now to join, like McDonald's. Forget about it. Uh, and I don't support that anyway. So,
1: but well, I'm with you there. <laughs> both ways.
0: Don't get me wrong. I was like, I get it. It's a great real estate model. Just the the, the quote nutrition is. I wouldn't even it call it that.
1: A, it is a real estate model. Thank That's you. exactly what it is. It okay. is. Good on you.
0: Yeah. See, you study your business. There you go. Uh, but so the fact you guys said, wait a minute, let's listen to our people, let's listen to our owners, because not everything can come from one direction. It needs no. to be a, a, a full circle, multi directional process. Have this, the, the, the willingness to listen and learn, have those channels open. When well, you think about
1: it too, and I think Tom had this incredible vision. Once the infrastructure is set, like at the end of the day, we're in a life where technology is happening so quickly. Like things change so much. Like in a year or two years, compared to what they did fifty years ago, decades will look the same. Now, like six months, don't look the same. No. So, if you're sitting back in an ivory tower as a franchisor, just saying, "Okay, I did my job. I created the structure," you need to continue to innovate your business on a daily basis. And who better to actually innovate than the people that are? boots on the ground, basically rubbing shoulders with your clients uh, on a day-to-day basis. And there's some lessons and there's some things you can glean from there. And of course, it's a lesson on ego. You have to you know, relax your ego. You have to realize, okay, I'm going to be open for feedback. There's probably a better way. And my franchise partner who's in the trenches day in and day out, if he comes up with an innovation, I have to humble myself and say, you know what? Hey, this is actually a pretty good idea. Let's pressure test this. And after we do enough testing, let's implement the rest of the system so that way fast forward a few years our new franchise partners can come on and just start dominating from day one and certainly helps the whole brand so it's a it's a very positive cycle assuming you have the the leadership the mindset the mental fortitude uh, to tap into your you know people and make it a two-way street to your point
0: well i love that because it's wow so much there's there's coaching there's training there's different keywords out there, developmental programs. There's personal development. There's professional development. All things that I can clearly hear that you guys have learned over the years to implement and execute and learn along the way with. Because, yes, business is business and making money is making money. But the more successful the people are, not just from the owners, but their their team members, et cetera, everybody, okay. uh, what's the old quote? Um, rising tides raise all ships, right? Yep. Boom. Let's do that. Uh, you brought up Tony Robbins earlier in the show, right? I, I, uh, there's a famous quote I love to live by. Uh, he's passed along a long time ago, but big quote guy. You know, the pro- some people call it the product. Some people say the sum the, of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So these great quotes that are out there, but it's all valid content. It's all valid stuff that has to be transformed maybe every, like you said, could be every six months now instead of every 10 years, right? Technology yeah. has changed a lot of things. But the willingness to be open, that's something that we saw a lot during the shutdowns that was not happening. Like, Hey, let's be willing to be open to all things. Oh, well, businesses weren't open and people weren't open and, uh, mindsets were definitely closing down. Um, uh, yes, they were. And the ones that were succeeding or the succeeding today are the ones who stayed open, whether it be mentally, physically, et cetera. So, uh, I say kudos to you guys because, I'm not a franchisee. I'm not. I, I get nothing out of this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying it's so refreshing to hear that because there's a lot of businesses who did not succeed that had to close their doors. That may have lost oh, yeah. their family livelihoods, their their roofs over their head. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're he- we're still hearing harder stories coming out of that. It's totally. tragic. It's tragic. So, I mean, it sounds to me like again, you, you said you have a worldwide footprint, but I mean, I think you guys might have awaken a whole new level of family during this process
1: we have and and it's interesting as much as 2020 2021 were extremely challenging Mm. here in 2022 i mean we've had our best year in years we've just awarded it'll be 50 franchise locations this year Uh, our franchise you know the the brand the energy um is off the charts our our franchise partner partner locations are the most successful they've ever been to your point. Sometimes you got to go through the mess and sometimes you got to go through hell to get to heaven. And, uh, that's what we've done.
0: Well, I think society has definitely gone through hell. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're any closer to heaven or not.
1: But, <laughs> well, too but, know, to that.
0: I can laugh along with the process. Uh, it's actually, it's kind of, I have to, I have a screen share. all during the show. I was just, I was just popping on your, my other screen here. Uh, I love your site that, you know, grabs something geographically here. So, it's funny. I was born in Flemington, New Jersey, and oh, clearly, from where I'm living, the next closest location who has Fit Body Bootcamp is Flemington, New Jersey. So, oh, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that region. So it's like Central Jersey for the listeners that are out there. Um, but by the way, you know, nice, simple, clean site. Uh, clearly, again, everybody's using this same footprint, right? All your franchisees. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So how many how many locations are you guys now going in? We're we're about to roll into 2023.
1: So, yeah, so we have just over three hundred uh awarded in development about two hundred and fifty open and active operating um, wow. based in North America, so we're just north America percent based in the states Wow, yeah, ten percent in Canada, so that's
0: huge. I didn't realize it was that yeah. big. that's impressive <laughs>
1: now, do you guys have like a footprint
0: goal An expansion for twenty twenty three
1: So in the next 24 months, um, our vision is to have 400 open and active locations, which will put us close to 500 between the award of locations being awarded. And the reason I say this is by the time someone comes in and goes through the application process, the vetting process and decides, okay, this is exactly the direction I want to go. There's usually a six to nine month period, sometimes even 12, depending on, you know, a variety of factors. By the time they their franchise is awarded by the time they open their doors. Um, so the vision of the next 24 months is to have 400 open and operating, which will put us close to 500 um, awarded. And that's the vision um, that we're attacking.
0: Wow. Impressive. Well, listen, I mean, we're coming towards the end of the show, and I want to make sure I gave some other spotlighting here and some screen sharing for you. You, you begin after it, sir. And I've been loving the vibing on on today's show. So I have to honor, obviously, the personal brand because as somebody who's built his own brands and is also building his own personal brand, speaking and coaching, et cetera, you got your own site too. So obviously we were just screen sharing uh, off of the core, you know, fitbodybootcamp.com. But you have, you know, brycehenson.com. So so what do you got going on here, man? Where where are you going next with this? Uh, You're obviously building your brand. You clearly have done some things successfully. You want to help others.
1: And I appreciate you uh, very, very well put together and uh, appreciate the accolades and acknowledgement uh, for my lens. Um, I think when I peel this back, Scott, um, I've had amazing fitness transformation and fitness is a key component, component to my life and why I'm still passionate about today. But as my own journey has evolved, what I've really realized, I'm passionate to help people who are passionate to help themselves. And I do that by coaching and leading and speaking and whatnot. And um, as I continue to evolve, yeah, I certainly want to continue to grow my brand, my personal brand. Uh, My main focus is uh, growing the brand of Fit Body Bootcamp, but certainly have a long-term play in mind and um, nothing is forever. So, you know, for my lens, while I I make Fit Body Bootcamp my focus, I'm also continuing to grow my personal brand from a leadership perspective, from a speaking perspective and coaching and consulting perspective, to your point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we're similar And in that way, we have definitely kindred spirits into that vibe. I mean, we're vibing, man, great energy together. Um, So that's my vision, um, you know, that that will uh, last far longer than Fit Body Bootcamp, at least in the trajectory. Uh, But that's my whole focus right now is to really build Fit Body to the best brand it possibly can be and then to continue uh, building my personal brand so I can add more value, help more people and have a bigger impact, which is, you know, what I'm after.
0: Well, I say kudos to you on that because obviously, yes, I know Fit Body Bootcamp is that's your baby, right? obviously yeah. you're just your CEO now. <laughs> yeah. but as I remind a lot of people with branding, uh, I didn't always like I still don't have technically a com. I own the branding, by the way, I always tell people always own your name, so kudos yeah. to you. Uh, but you know now that, now that I have a book out and everything else, and I, I, I founded a charity and I have a marketing company and I have the sales consultancy, there's name recognition that will naturally grow out of that. so it is okay. I tell people all the time there's the power of cross-pollination people may find you just based off a name recognition and then be led to Fit Body Bootcamp and vice versa. So there is nothing, back to our little point there of rising tides, raise all ships. I remind people like, you're gonna start increasing speaking exposure and coaching exposure, et cetera. And next thing you know, more people may be drawn to Fit Body Bootcamp beyond your core normal marketing because people are drawn to you as a professional. You as your personality type, how they're drawn to you. Heck, listening to the podcast, they might just enjoy this episode and how you and I vibed and say, you know what? Dude, I want to follow Bryce more. Yes, Fit Body Bootcamp's cool and all, but maybe, maybe they're not a franchise entrepreneur yet. They're not interested in that. But they are just vibing off of how you teach and how you coach and how you guide people as a leader. So it's like, great. Yeah. They're going to start following you. So that's why I say, I always tell people like, dude, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Rock the personal brand right along with the professional brand and bring them all up together.
1: So, my friend, man. Yeah. My friend, Scott. Holy smokes. That is the playbook that I've been acting on. and. I love your your coaching and your, your mindset mindset philosophy on that because I, I couldn't be more aligned.
0: Well, you know, pat yourself on the back, you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I want to help bring us towards the close of the show, and you just shared some great words. But I ask, especially over the past couple of years, and after and we just went through, I ask my guest co-host to say, you know what, everything going on, you're rocking the personal brand, you got the big super brand, Fit Body Bootcamp. <sighs> If you could sum up the show, if you could sum up everything you're working on now and moving into 2023 and beyond is, and this is a word that I myself had to uh, it really awaken something in me in the past year or two when I put the book out, did the charity thing, anything else to I'm like, I realized, wait a minute, what is the legacy that I'm leaving behind? So in the past couple of years, over five years of podcasting, I started asking my guest co-hosts, I'm like, you know what? Is there a legacy message? that you've started realizing that you want to leave behind. So if people forget everything else you and I rapped about today, <laughs> you know, is there something that as a as a core message you'd like to leave behind, you know, for people listening to the show
1: or watching this on YouTube? I love that. Um, I think for me, the legacy that I want to leave and when people look at me and, and you know, talk about me and the impact and, you know, my connection with them is I want them to leave with the thought of this guy made me better. And uh, I think, Generally speaking, as time will continue on, I'll continue to get more granular on that vision and be able to you know, clarify it even more. But where I'm at right now, from a fitness perspective, from a leadership perspective, from a business consultant perspective, really what I've tried to do over the last 10 to 15 years of my career is just leave it better than I found it. Add value to people, help them along the way, and have them have that mindset. Like Because I connected with this guy, because I connected with this organization, because I rub shoulders, I'm better off for it. And now I have a duty, obligation, responsibility to do the same thing for others. So for me, Scott, that's probably it.
0: Solid. See, I knew you had something. I just got to put you around on the hot seat for that. So. Love it, love it. Well said, Bryce. Listen, hang tight. I want to proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, well, I hope we heated up your own uh, you know, ear mics or whatever you want to call it, your headphones, whatever, ear pods, whatever you choose to listen to podcasts. Listening in the car right now, which is a uh, windshield university is huge. So I have a feeling that uh, Professor Bryce, might have shared a few things for you guys, for you Windshield University people. And uh, you can take that and use that term, ladies and gentlemen, because everybody should be taking advantage of windshield time. Stop listening to regular music. Let's dig into these podcasts. Let's dig into these audiobooks, Let's keep growing, listening to great guest co-hosts like Bryce, who joined the show today. So ladies and gentlemen, remember the core brand, FitBodyBootCamp.com. But if you're vibing with him as a professional, check him out at BryceHenson.com. All this stuff will be in the show notes like we always do. And as a reminder, especially for the newer listeners out there, the core of this show is we are here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. And obviously, guest hosts, we're going to vibe into one domain more than the other, but all three are crucial to your success. So keep that in mind. I look forward to talking to you on the next show. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, business, and your lifestyle, all three together. So remember, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.